What's going on, everyone? This is Eric Stewart from Fishing Fanatics, and I got Anthony Ogle with me. Anthony is a bass fishing guide and the owner of Ogle Fishing Guide, and he's located in southeastern PA, which is actually where I'm located. Also, we met at the Great American Outdoor Show and the Oaks Fishing Show, and we talked about a lot of the same fishing techniques and a lot of the same lakes that we both fish, and I wanted to get him on here to kind of walk through what he's been seeing on these different lakes and different times of the year. So if you're from the southeastern PA region, definitely check out this podcast. So what's going on, Anthony? How's it going? Pleasure to be here today. Absolutely, man. It's great to have you here. So what are, what are a couple of the lakes you fish um, in southern PA? Yeah, so my top lake, my home lake, of course, is called Lake Nakamixon. It's got a wrap for it, though. I'll tell you what, some people call it Naka No Fish or No Fish in Mixon. It's a tough lake, but because it's so tough, man, the size of the fish there is incredible, though, especially for Pennsylvania and the Northeast. Um, we're talking giant largemouth, upwards of seven, eight, nine plus pounds, trophy size smallmouth, six plus pounds. Very incredible fishery. Um, some other lakes we like, I go to Blue Marsh Lake a lot. That's out west a little bit towards Redding, PA. Uh, and then Beltsville Lake is pretty popular around here too. About an hour drive north here, uh, fishing up in Lehigh. So some other great fisheries up there, but lots of cool opportunities down here. Absolutely, man. You've hit the top three lakes that I go to all the time. Yeah. So, um, Naka Mixon, I call it Naka Mixon, just to, just to make a little joke out of it. But let's Gotta start with it, man. Let's start with Naka because it has been one of those places where I got a lot of buddies that fish there, and we tend to catch some decent sized fish. And you know, time of the year, I've heard a lot of stuff talking about like actually the winter seasons. Probably, I've heard one of the best times to go there, jigging deep. Um, so far this year or last year, what have you been seeing in Naka Mixon that's been like, yeah, this is working there? There's a lot of things that work there, actually. Um, now, the deal with Naka Mixon, it's again, we were talking notoriously tough. It's a very unique ecosystem there. The population of predator fish like your largemouth bass and smallmouth bass, it's not necessarily as great as the population of bass, say, in Beltsville or Blue Marsh, where we typically catch a lot more fish. But what are they, one pound, two pounds? The occasional three, four pounders show up. Now, Naka Mixon, though, because there's less competition for the food source, we see these fish stocking up and really keying in on these giant gizzard shad, all these alley wives, these panfish that we have. So... Uh, they think differently. There are different species of fish practically in that lake. Uh, they behave very differently from how they do in Blue Marsh and Beltsville. Um, and because they're above average size fish, we got to change the way we approach our techniques and our tactics because they don't think the same way that your two, three pounders do. Six, seven, eight pound largemouth, they're a whole different world. So uh, any time of the year, really, I'm always keeping that in mind. I'm upping my size of my baits. I'm using techniques that are very strategic and sometimes very difficult too. Um, but it's all about coaxing these above average sized fish to bite. Because again, when you have fewer fish in an environment with a plethora of shad and bait, they don't have to move too much and they can sit and set up camp and ambush prey as it comes by. So they don't need to be on the move and fighting off other predators for competition. So uh, it just changes the way that we, uh, that we, we approach it. But with that being said, because we have so many lazy largemouth and big old smallmouth that are not moving as much as other species of fish and other places and stuff, uh, I cover a lot of water. No matter what time of year, even in wintertime and when the water's cold, I'm moving quickly and efficiently. 
I might be fishing slow still, but if there's one tip that I give people on that lake, because it's so tough and, you know, you go out there for a whole day, you might only catch a couple fish. You got to cover water, be efficient, be strategic, focus on high percentage areas and throw above average size baits. Don't be afraid to throw something a little bit bigger at them. Um, and that's very important for getting some bites and then being able to key in on a pattern. I got you, man. I got it. That was awesome. And then, um, I just want to shout out to a local legend. I've never got the opportunity to meet this guy, but I know he makes some awesome baits. Um, Keith, oh. um, and just shout out to Keith with uh, his swim baits that he's got going on. I know he fishes up there a lot. We see and, him uh, out there every day about that man puts a lot of time in the water and yeah, those baits are incredible. I mean, you see what he's throwing out there. It's like, how is he getting bites off of a 12, 13, 14 inch piece of wood or plastic or whatever? They're different sized fish in there. It's a different ecosystem. It's a different world. And that man is one of the legends out here that's perfected the craft of figuring out how to get these trophy sized largemouth and smallmouth to bite. But you know what's crazy too? What you guys might not see is we catch sometimes two and three pounders off those giant swim baits. Again, they think differently in that lake. So I'll be afraid Absolutely. to throw something big. Keith will show you. <laughs> do you um do you throw a lot of swim baits out there? Or? Yeah, I keep it very diverse. So as a fishing guide, my job is to help my clients catch fish. So swim bait fishing's awesome. Throwing the glide bait's awesome. I love doing it. But you know, it's not something I can do every single day all the time with my clients because they come out expecting to catch some fish. So they're more content with the two, three pounders sometimes. So we'll do that. But uh, oftentimes I'll be throwing it off the front of the boat or the back of the boat, wherever I'm fishing, uh, or if they're a little bit more patient and willing to try to figure out how to get that bite going. And then there's some lucky times, like you just time it perfectly when the conditions are right. We actually have some pretty good numbers days on those big glide baits too, with above average sized fish. So it's all about figuring out the conditions, but yeah, that is the hot thing out there right now. And it's something that we all love to do. So if you don't, you're not uh, really familiar with it, discipline yourself. Get yourself a big bait cast and rod and reel and uh, go take just that one rod out there and really give it some time to unfold. Because once you get a couple bites off of it, yeah, you'll have a new level of confidence for that. That'll pay dividends. And you're not going to want to go back to Ned rigs and drop shot rigs or spinner baits, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's where um, my mind's been with the Japan domestic market and things like depths, throwing the 250s out there. Um and doing different stuff like that it's it's really is if you get a fish on a 250 a depth 250 or a bigger swim bait like that and you get a decent sized fish it's like well i don't know if i'm gonna throw anything else but now it's yeah yeah it's a, it's a different caliber of fishing which is really cool you see kind of an industry rising up in uh the bass fishing market of, the, of these big fish or uh, big swim bait fishermen uh it's definitely a niche and it's very cool and very exciting, man, because, yeah, it's it's addicting. <laughs> it definitely is. And um, I know Muskie Inc., the uh, 50 chapter, they're, I know they're into, like, stocking, knock and mixing. So over the years, have you seen any increase in Muskie out there? Absolutely, yeah. We had one of our best years from Muskie last year. Uh, for us, targeting largemouth and smallmouth bass, we almost always see them early in the year when they push up shallow to spawn. We also see them in the fall a little bit, but, like, May, early June, sometimes late April. That's always the time that we see them out there. I'd love to learn how to target them a little bit better because a lot of people ask about them. And man, when you have a 40 plus inch fish on the end of your line, that's always exciting. I don't care where you are or who you are, man. That's always a good time. Absolutely. You just like, have you ever ran into one just by accident? Maybe. It's oh yeah. I'll, I'll say it's a story. This was uh, probably one of our best fishing stories from last year on the water. 
Uh, I took a gentleman, uh, an elderly gentleman out on the water last year, him and his buddy. Uh, they went out. We went out covering a lot of water. It was in May. It was a little bit tough of a bite. Um, so we were covering water, fishing fast. Earlier in the day, uh, he caught a bluegill. I caught a couple bass and it was a struggle for him. And they were so excited about the bluegill they caught. So they were holding it up to the camera and showing it off. And it was a great time. Well, wouldn't you know, we have an hour left. We're working our way back to the boat launch and, you know, I'm covering water. They're kind of tired. So they're sitting on my boat seats and they're just kind of dragging their plastics around. And we're about a hundred yards from the boat launch. And sure enough, he lifts up. I look back. He's like, I think I got one. I'm like, do you? Mind you, he's fishing with a five foot trout fishing ugly stick. He's got six pound monofilament on here. And what do I see jump about 20 feet over there? It is a 42 inch muskie. That's got his soft plastic crawfish in his mouth, fishing in three foot of water. And I'm like, you got a muskie on? There's no chance you're going to land this fish. I'm sorry, but that is pretty cool. He's like, yeah, his, his little trout rod's doubled up with his six pound mono. I'm like, I can't believe it hasn't broken the line yet. He's peeling drag. So I'm like, well, I'll follow him with the trolling motor. So about seven, eight minutes of following around the trolling motor, I've Managed to get my net in there, and we somehow landed this fish. It was so big, he couldn't even handle it. It was a 42-inch purebred muskie. Beautiful fish. We got some awesome pictures of it, got a nice video of it, and we released it. It was such an awesome catch. And he's like, this is the biggest fish I've ever caught and the biggest fish I will ever catch. So it's very special fish, you know, and they, they so special. Dude, that's unbelievable. Yeah. That that almost makes me sick to my stomach because I fished for about two years before I got my first muskie. Oh, yeah. They, <laughs> it is that tough to catch. I mean, I think we've seen seven of them last year. Mind you, I'm, I'm out on the water six, five, six days a week. Yeah. So uh, we saw about seven throughout the whole year. Um, and I'm, again, I'm not targeting them a lot. Um, right. But yeah, they are tough. And you know what's cool, though, about the, like, the purebred muskies, the way he was able to land that fish Purebred muskie are very strategic with how they strike your bait. So he actually got the hook right in the corner of his mouth, out away from his gill plates, out away from his razor sharp teeth. The tiger muskie, on the other hand, we hook a lot of those. We almost never land them. I think we landed uh, two tiger muskie last year. They're, they'll thrash your bait. They don't care. They're crazy. <laughs> they'll break you off real quick if you don't have a leader on. So it's uh, pretty interesting to see the difference between the two species and how they Absolutely, man. That's some good insight there. Mm -hmm. All right, so we got we got knocked down. Yeah. Let's go over to um probably my second favorite fishing spot, Beltsville. Yeah, so, yeah, Great Lake. I love the clear water, the clearer than average water. Um, and that I love taking my clients from Nakamixon out there because it's just a different world. It almost reminds me of some of the lakes that we have in upstate New York. I love going up to upstate New York and doing some smallmouth fishing. Um, so we'll go up there. Uh, and the cool thing about that lake is, again, it's unlike Nakamixon where you have the uh, size of the fish. I found Beltsville Lake to be more of a quantity lake. So we've had days up there, 30, 40 plus largemouth and smallmouth. But again, the average size is a pound, two pounds. I think my biggest largemouth out of there is five pounds and my biggest smallmouth is 4.75. Um, but yeah, the clear water fishing, it's just, a, again, a very different way to fish. So if you've never checked it out, be sure to make your way out there and, uh, and check it out. Definitely, man. I know, I know one thing that's an abundance out there is, um, striper fishing too. You ever oh, run into a striper up there? Yeah, we do often, especially like late spring. Uh, we will see them again, push up shallow. Uh, we are drop shotting for smallmouth. Uh, 
And sure enough, I hooked into a 12 pound striper and landed it on eight pound fluorocarbon. I don't know how it was pretty incredible, but summertime when we're out fishing the schools of alley wives and we're, we're fishing for smallmouth in there, we run into striper all the time. Again, we don't land them all the time because we're fishing with lighter gear. We're fishing for smallmouth and largemouth typically. Um, but man, it's always exciting. Watch them come up and blow up on your lures or hit your jerk baits. Uh, very intense fish. They'll really test your tackle. I'll tell you that. Definitely, man. I do um, I do a lot of night fishing up there at Beltsville. Yep. And I, it's always top winter wakes and just slow burning it. But dude, you're out on that main lake and it's like, it's like a feeding frenzy out there at night. It's unbelievable. Oh, like, yeah, well, it's, it's incredible. Striper, they're, they're pelagic. They're always on the move. They're always hunting bait and striking. So if you can just be in an area that they run into and you, uh, you're just making enough commotion and throwing some kind of a shad imitation, it's almost always worth a blow up or a, or a hookup at least. And then getting them in is a struggle. Yeah, that's always the question mark yeah exactly they get pretty big out there too i've heard some stories of some giants i've never seen something over 12 uh 12 pounds is my biggest one out there but i, I hear stories of them and see them so definitely man and then um what about you ever i, I was fishing the bank one day at beltsville just mm -hmm. going down the bank um on one of those big rock ledges and i looked underneath my bait and there was probably about like three trout underneath of it yeah you ever, we, you know, it's funny you mentioned trout. We, are, when we're talking about Beltsville, Blue Marsh, Nakamixon, you don't think of these places as trout fisheries. Uh, in fact, they don't; they're not stocked. What's funny though is we caught three trout at Blue Marsh Lake last year, and we caught two rainbow trout at Beltsville. No trout at Nakamixon yet, but um, again, I guess when you're out in the water every day, you kind of see these things. They're very rare. But Beltsville Lake, uh, yeah, there are some trout in there. I think the creek that they stock there runs into there, which is where you're going to see them come from. But the one that we caught years ago, my buddy uh, Damien, he caught it on a pink Sanko. And it was funny. He just let it sit out behind the boat while we were working and flipping for some uh, smallmouth. And his rod goes, like, starts jiggling. He sets the hook. It's a 20-inch rainbow trout out from, like, 30 foot of water. It was just really cool. It, that thing must have been in there for a while and, and grown up and stocked up. You kind of got ideal conditions in there in Beltsville for rainbow and brown trout, though, which is cool. I don't know a lot about them, and I've only seen them a little bit. But, yeah, we'll hook up with them every once in a while. <laughs> that's pretty cool to hear, though. Like, I wouldn't – I would never, like – Trout fishing, I think of the creek that's in my backyard that I do yeah, to trout yeah. fishing. I don't I don't think of Beltville as like this trout lake. Then I saw them and I was like, oh my God, they're in there. I'm gonna throw in like yeah, a rooster tail. I'd say it's ironic though. I saw more trout in Belt or Blue Marsh though than anywhere. Like not only did we catch trout in there, but we watched them follow our baits back in. And I couldn't believe it. I'm like, where are all these trout coming from? And I've never seen them there before. So it's just last year. So I don't know if they got in from one of the streams that were stocked there or someone put them in, but pretty interesting. Let's let's talk about Blue Marsh real quick. The um, yeah, yeah. I fished up there a couple times, and you know I've never caught anything of size up there, but I have ran into a few muskies and a few bass on throwing different stuff. Um, what do you see up there that's been working? So again, very similar to uh, Beltsville Lake, in my opinion, where it's it's a quantity ecosystem. There's a lot of fish in there. Now, uh, Blue Marsh is notoriously difficult too. Pennsylvania is notoriously difficult though, but um. It's, it's a funky ecosystem there. The watercolor is always like an off green or blue. There's a, a lot of algae blooms out there. Um, just kind of interesting. Uh, the, the thing, though, is it's like almost void of vegetation uh, on that lake. Um, lots of structure here and there, lots of rock. But as far as vegetation goes, we don't see it as often. So when you do, we'll often find largemouth hiding in there or smallmouth, especially if it's a little bit deeper. 
Um, I love fishing the main lake on Blue Marsh Lake, which if you've been there a couple of times, you know, it gets throttled with pressure as far as those jet skiers and pleasure boaters out there. But if you can withstand the three foot wake that's coming and bombarding you all the time, uh, there's some great opportunities out there. And those fish actually, they crave that moving water. So uh, I tell people, if you could stick it out, definitely, definitely do that. <laughs> Any uh, any luck on that middle island there? Because every time I go there, I'm like, that middle island looks so fishy. I've never been. Yeah, there yeah. Anything. There's some cool spots. There's some channels that run through there. A couple okay. drop offs. Actually, offshore there uh, is one of our better offshore spots. We see there's a ledge on the east side. I think of it um, out in the middle a little bit more. So we'll see them stack up in summertime. But it's it's a really good lake to practice offshore stuff. Uh, use your electronics. It's a great place to do electronics training because uh, it's not a beat the bank kind of lake all the time. You know, those fish, especially when the sun comes up high in the sky, those largemouth and smallmouth will group up on offshore spots. We'll use our sonar. We'll use our live scope and find them. It's really cool uh, and, and great lake to get into some numbers, too. We had a 78 fish day out there last May. Um, very impressive day. And now, again, average size is a pound, two pounds. We caught a four and a half pounder that day, too, which is pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a fun place to fish. But I hear a lot of people struggle there. And we struggle, too. I've zeroed there. Everyone has. Um, but yeah, generally speaking on average, much more of a quantity ecosystem. I mean, 72 fish in one day. That's, that's pretty good. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can never argue with that. That's for sure. I mean, <laughs> you send the hook all day long, everyone's catching fish. Uh, it's just a good time. So. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, one thing that I know all these lakes have in common is that they're always super pressured. And I know yes. you hit on that. What's, um, you know, some tips that someone that's fishing these lakes, what's some tips that you would give to just, you know, get past those summer days when the jet skis are ripping? What are you throwing? What are you kind of doing to get past all those pressured situations? Yeah. So first things first, a lot of what we call fishing pressure, in my opinion, this is just my perspective. It's all in our heads. It's another excuse for us. It's like, oh, we didn't catch him today because the pressure was bad out there. There's way too many pleasure boaters out there. There's way too many people fishing out there. Do you know how many people this year I fished that cut me off and like I'm still catching fish behind them or how many people like I see boats all around me like we're still catching fish. Now, with that being said, yes, there's a lot more commotion out there. There's a lot more noise out there. Um, so generally speaking, though, when you kind of get past the mental barrier of fishing in a pressured situation, I, I use the same general rule of thumb. I like to downsize my baits because you trigger more bites in difficult situations. Uh, especially on quantity lakes that don't have as big of an average size. So Beltsville and Blue Marsh, one of my go-to baits, we make a little net rig. It's 2.75 inch. I mean, everyone has a net rig. Uh, drop shots, smaller baits like that. Those are great baits to really trigger a lot of bites, especially when everyone else is working down a bank and chucking spinner baits and crank baits. Or everyone's chucking the glide baits now too. So sometimes just downsizing will help you catch more fish. But also uh, two things then. Number one is look for things that other people don't look for. So, you know, everyone's going and beating the bank. Everyone is going and uh, hitting the most obvious pieces of cover and structure. So look for the less obvious pieces of cover and structure. Use your electronics. Use your side imaging and your sonar. Use that and uh, find things off the bank that other people, the average guy is not hitting because they'll actually hold the bigger population of fish oftentimes. But then my best tip for pressured situations is move quickly move efficiently so like i love fishing our jigs we'll take a jig we'll put the trolling motor on high and i'll be fishing on the bank sometimes with a lot of other people but i'll be moving very quickly and efficiently dunking my jig letting it 
flip into the uh, every single high percentage area, working it quickly and efficiently, give it 10 seconds and then pull it out, moving on to the next spot, letting it sink down there. And I'm just doing this over and over again, but I'm moving quickly. I'll cover miles of water in one day. And then the key is when I start getting bites, then I start using these clues to put patterns together. Okay, every bite I got had some rock in the area. Now I can slow down and figure out uh, okay, I'm going to only hit areas with rocks. Now I can slow down a little bit more and maybe pull out the drop shot rig or um, milk it just a little bit more. So uh, I do that a lot in pressured situations when, you know, the fish are relocating every day because of the pressure sometimes, or they're on the move because the area is getting blown out by jet skis. and Or, you know, I can't fish my ideal area because there's six other boats in there who are all fishing that too. So sometimes I just got to leave what I'm comfortable with and, and go put my clients on fish somewhere else. So you just got to approach that with an open mind every single day out there. I love it, man. I love it. Let, let's talk about your guide service a little bit and yeah. what you actually, yeah, what you offer. Go ahead. Yep. So I'm a full-time guide. It's my full-time job. Uh, I offer uh, fishing charters on Lake Nakamixon here. This is my home lake. I live uh, six minutes away from the lake. So I'm out at Nakamixon about five, six days a week usually. And then I also offer guide services on Blue Marsh Lake. I'm there usually once or twice a week or so. Uh, and then uh, I'm available at Beltsville, Marsh Creek, Wall and Paw Pack upon request usually go up there once or twice a month or so. Um, I tell people, knock and mix in again. That's the place. If you're looking for the fish of a lifetime, go check it out. Uh, eight years ago, I caught a seven pound, two ounce smallmouth bass out of there. Incredible fish. I thought I had a, a muskie on it first because he hit pretty close to the boat. We were fishing in 25 foot of water, brought him up. I saw a quick view of that like striped bronze color. I'm like, I got a muskie, 24 inch fish. It's like nice little muskie. He was fighting more and more. We got him in the net. I'm like, dude, this is a smallmouth. Got it weighed for the record. It was a pound, six ounces short, though, of course. Eight eights the record right now. So we're trying to break that. It's still in there. Largemouth, man, we, we've caught so many largemouth over five pounds in uh, Lake Nakamixon last year. Such a special uh, ecosystem, man. We helped so many clients break their PVs last year. We've seen several largemouth over six pounds. Uh, there's been largemouth there caught up to nine plus pounds in the tournament series last year that uh, is running regularly out there. Very impressive. Um, so if you want to come out and hunt, uh, knock a mix in, try to catch yourself that new PB or even go for a state record with me. Let's go check it out because uh, it's electric motor only for me. There's a 20 horsepower restriction on the lake. Uh, so I only charge 125 bucks for three hours out there. I charge 199 for six hours and then 299 for the full nine hour day. That includes three people, rods, reels, tackle, everything all included. So it also helps me keep my schedule booked and helps me stay out there every single day to keep up with these fish. But yeah, I'm running on a 20 foot Crestliner MX-19. I got a 200 horsepower Mercury. I got the live scope, side imaging, all the necessary electronics that we need to help us stay efficient. Uh, running a Minn Kota Ultrax trolling motor. And then on Blue Marsh, where we get a lot more quantity, uh, we get to zip around the boat uh, with unlimited horsepower there. You know, we zip around like a NASCAR out there, 60 plus miles an hour, pretty awesome. Um, but because we're uh, fishing there with the unlimited horsepower, uh, I charge $199 for three hours out there, $299 for six hours, and then $399 for the full nine-hour day. Again, that's three people, Rogerville's tackle, all included. But yeah, it's my full-time job, guys. So uh, my job is to help you guys make memories on the water that'll last a lifetime. So I love taking people out and showing them real time how we use our electronics to, to locate fish, how we uh, approach each day on the water, 
as a new problem and try to get clues to figure out the puzzle out there. But the goal is that we're committing to your future success too. Like our goal is that you be able to come off the boat and come out in the water again by yourself and be more successful. Although a lot of people come back because they have such a good time. So that's what we love to see. Absolutely, Anthony. I love it. And um, after we, we're done hitting record, I'm going to give you my information. We're going to get me set up for a uh, for a charter for sure. Yeah, that man, let's cool. do it. Let's go out there. Cool, man. Um, where can people find you um, to get in yeah, contact so with you? Yeah, so we're everywhere. So first off, uh, my website, it's ogglefishing.com. It's A-W-G-U-L fishing.com. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, on Instagram. It's Ogle Fishing again. Uh, we're getting set up on all the other stuff too. We're going to be on Fish Brain, TikTok, and uh, what else? Fishity. So be sure to check us out everywhere. But yeah, you can see us mostly on our website and Facebook and Instagram. Awesome. Anthony, I appreciate it. Um, appreciate you coming on this podcast. And we'll have to get you on an episode down the road too to just check in and see how good. the season's going. Yeah, down. let's do it. Appreciate it. Well, sounds good. You just listened to the Fishing Fanatics podcast with your host, Eric Stewart. Feel free to check out our other podcasts and our other interviews on our channel, on Spotify, YouTube, and much more. Check out our Instagram page, TikTok, and Facebook as well.